we're holding in the man We're now starting a new track, a new discussion. The king says, You claimed that your the great people of Israel, our ancestors, had a tremendous knowledge of Chachma, of knowledge. Okay, show it to me. Tell me what their knowledge was. Um, now, this is really going back to something that uh, was part of a discussion a very long time ago. And that is at the end of the Mamre Hashemi. The Kuzari finished that discussion when we spoke about the Chachma of the Torah. So right at the end, the Kuzari said that on another occasion, I'm going to continue this discussion. He said there, and the last end of Shara Hashemi, he said, When you have a Nechashetai I'll tell you over the Hashem as First, I want to know what's called over the Hashem. That was we spoke about the Mamre Hashemi. Then he said, That's what we spoke about now until then in the Sharibi. And that is the das that we have in Nevoa and how we see in Torah and how we argue with the philosophers, which we spoke about. And then also because the Kuzar says, Then I want to ask you what Chachm you still have in certain remnants of the wisdom that there was at the time of the Nevi. So now you get back to that. He said, now I want to go back to the last point I wanted to ask you about. And that was, you claim that the, there was this tremendous Chachma that the Navi, or even the personality of the Torah had. Tell me about it, what was it? So, this is one of the times where Rira Levi shows us that he knew more than just philosophy, he knew Kabbalah too. And uh, we're going to see this in the next shkeko. He says, Omer Achaveh. Well, you want to know what Chachma there was uh, in, the, in the beginnings of Kai Yisrael? First of all, we have a sefer from Avraham Avinu himself. It's called Zefi Yitzir. It's a very deep sefer to explain. It takes a long time, which means um, you have to understand. It's not just like thank you. It's not just simple uh, words. It's really depth understanding the chacham that the Zefi Yitzir teaches us. And it uses things in this world which are temporary things to prove Hashem's Firstly, the fact that he's the Elohim, he's the God, he's the Creator, and the Chusle, there's only one of him. And that is not just proving it in philosophy, we're proving it from things you see in the physical world. Misrabi Mitzad, Mitzad On the one hand, we see things which are Misrabi, lots of things, and they seem to be separate. On the other hand, they Misachet. Miskami Mitzad which means that they work together, they, co- they cooperate with each other. And uh, that was brought also from the Rambam. As one of the disciples, there has to be one creator. And that is, if there had been more than one creator, then each one would do his, make his own system. And if you'd have two different systems in the world which run separately to each other, then perhaps the person could think, this is system one, this is system two. They work completely independently of each other, they don't interfere with each other. So we could then think maybe that there's some difference between the creator of system one and system two because they don't overlap at all. But if we look in the system we see in the Bria, where everything needs everything. There's no Bria without everything being involved. There needs, the, everything in the Bria needs the air, and everything in the Bria needs the sun. And everything in the Bria needs the rain. And everything needs the ground. And then if you're going to talk about, uh, on a, not just on a cosmic level, but on a smaller level, so the system is something where the plants need the rain and the soil, 
and the animals are the plants, and the plants are the animals, and the plants, animals are the plants are the people, and the people are the plants are the animals. And it all works in one big cycle. And if that's the case, the argument is, it must be one creator. Because if there's, if everything was created to make part of the plan, it must be that the one creator who could create all the parts of the plan could put it all together. But if there had been two creators, there would be no reason, or no, it would make no sense, to create a system which needs a part that I can't do. Why would I do that? Imagine you have a manufacturer of a car. So he can make all the parts of his motor car. So they're very good. He can make a production and he can produce everything. But to make a motor car which is going to need parts that I can't produce means I'm reliant on somebody else. And that's the case. It's a stupid way to build a system. It means it's a system which I can't control because I'm at the mercy of some other supplier who I can't, uh, which I can't, so to speak, do on my own. And now we're talking about a bow If a creator could create, so then you'd much rather create in a system which he could be on top of everything and create a system which he can't create the missing piece, and that's relying on someone else to do. Why create it like this? Create it that you could do everything. And maybe therefore, he's limited, maybe he's a limited creator. Uh, whatever a creator is limited to, so make a system which uses the pieces I you have. So then, then, then the Rambam says, and you, you can't have a. This is also the Chazal says like, you could talk about maybe two creators who can each create different things. But a creator who can't create anything functional, basically can't do anything. It's not a creator. It's not a creator. It means I'm, I'm, I can't do anything. I, I can only make half a half of an object. So I'm not a creator. I have no kaya. And therefore, so the idea would be that if we would accept two creators, it would be each one makes their own things. One creator makes these things, one makes those things. They don't touch each other. Each one's a creator in his field. But since you see that Bria is created in such a way that everything needs everything, then a master is only one creator, because it's made in a system where, where you, there's nothing extra, there's nothing which works in a second system which the first system doesn't need. And therefore, the Rishonim really brings this right. And he says, even though things are misrabim, there lots of different items, lots of different units, but on the other hand, they all have to work together, which means they, have, they were all created as pieces of a puzzle, as parts of a, units of, a, of an engine, of a structure, which, of a system which has to Coexist in order for everything to work. When you're saying that everything needs everything, that means the the base material. These are the opening words of Sefer Yitzir. Um, and that is the the first line of Sefer is Mishlashim Mishlaim Nesivus Reishis Chachma Vara Hashem Elokim Esoelam B'Sfar B'Sefer B'Sefer. And that really shows it's a complicated sefer. What does it mean? Okay, so the 32 Nesivus Reishis Chachma, that's not a discussion right now. That's something Kabbalistic. That the 32 different uh, Chachmas which are put into the Bria. We will leave that inside for a moment. This is uh, one of the Sfarm of, of Kabbalah? Yes. It's a sefer written by Brahmavina, but it's a Kabbalah sefer. And then, but what he says next is that the world's created with Sfar and Sefer and Nesipur. There are lots of different Mephashimans. They're trying to say, what in the world is it talking about? What, what, what does it mean? What do you mean? How do you translate the words? What does it mean? Uh, those who translate it, Seyfi Vaseyfi Vasipur, those who translate it, Sapur Vaseyfi Vasipur, the Kuzari translates it, Sapur, which means to count, Seyfi Vasipur. And what does it mean? So now in the next paragraph, the Kuzari is going to give us, the Red is going to give us his explanation of what, what Abramavina meant with those three words. So he says, Again, I shall decide in Mahem, Svar, Vesipur, Vesefer. So, here is a Rabbi Ranevi. What the Sefer means like this. Ritzainai, Vesfar. 
What you meant to say when it says Hashem creates the world with Tzfar. Tzfar means to count. It's counting. So the first thing Hashem creates the world is counting. What does it mean with that? Hashir is a mount. Rapilus um, is pedis, the scale. So Rapilus is the way things are weighed against each other. We go from Ani Bright, and the things Hashem created. Why? Ki Hashir ad shiyeh haguf mesudar v'aruch. Roi l'mashin ivrloi. Lo yekim b'minin hamida. The way that things are created is with a certain balance, which means a certain size, a certain weight, a certain proportion, a certain mysterious and liquid, middle something solid, which means how, how things are going to be created are with a measure. And everything in the world is, is created in proportion. The amount of uh, one, one species has to work to feed the amount of the other species. And uh, the amount of the the food provided has to match the amount of things you to eat. And then even within each substance, the balance that there is within the symmetry of everything that's been created is all the spar, which means everything was calculated. Everything was calculated. The system was calculated. I mean, you can talk on the, on the very biggest scale, the exact position of all the planets, that they have a gravitational pull to pull each other in orbit, and at the same time they don't crash into each other or pull each other apart. That's also it's very exact. How the system of time works is very exact, and there was a and then even within the body, how all the body functions work together, the nervous system with the lymphatic system with the uh, cardiac system and the digestive system, everything has to interact and work with perfect precision. That's the spot. Which means Hakadosh Baruch creates the world with with precision. With precision, everything was calculated, everything was measured, and that's the first. Nakuda, uh, we see in we see the Chachm in the natural world, we can see Hashem, which is what the Kazari is trying to show the king, the Chachm is trying to show the king, is the precision. The precision. Because things which happen randomly don't happen that precisely. And over here, when everything is exact, exact, and it has to be exact because it wouldn't work otherwise, that's when we see Akadish Baruch and Nibriya. And can you do it that this argument really comes from Hashem himself? The Gemara says above Basra, when Eov started to doubt that maybe Hakadosh Baruch was not running the world, Hashem's response to Eov was ready to show him that look at the precision in the brick. And the Gemara gives a few examples of the precision in the brick, and from that you'll see that there has to be a blur because things don't happen in the end so precisely. For example, one of the examples the Gemara gives is that all the raindrops fall, millions of raindrops, and they never hit each other. And they're there. Each one falls separately, the only and and uh, the only when they hit the ground, even hit so many millions of raindrops. Why aren't they hitting, you know, combining each other as they fall? I don't know that doesn't happen. The says, the Gemara says, if that would happen, then if you, you wouldn't just hit one head of the little rainbow at a time. You know, the raindrops would combine in the air more and more and more. Of course, the flat. You, you get hit with a, 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 a huge thing of water. It wouldn't just be a a one tiny drop would be destructed. And you don't find that. No one's ever hit by a bucket of water that's going in the rain. You get hit by lots of tiny little drops one at a time. <laughs> Similarly, uh, the Gemara says uh, that uh, uh, and the Gemara talks about a certain kind of man who gets that the can't actually give birth. The can't open so to speak big enough for to come out. And Hashem sends a snake, which bites it, the look at the second of the birth, and now because of the snake bites, the whole area swells, and then the baby will come out. And the Gemara says, if we be timed wrong, 
So then either the baby would die or it would be too soon. So again, the precision in time, you have things that you work. And that's all Hashem He doesn't argue with you. He doesn't say, well, is that right? And I judge you ever wrong. He says, look at this precision in the world. And therefore, if you see precision, you understand this is something which Hashem is running. And he gives more and more examples of that. This applies with everything. If there was one more blade of grass. What does that about that? The Gemara says it's about raindrops. The Gemara says about something like that. In the natural world, the Gemara says about hairs in a person's head, that every hair has its own follicle, which it gets, its, like, basically, it gets nourished from. We never find two hairs coming out of the same, the hair that's coming out of the same follicle. That's the same, that something's wrong. So Hashem can sustain each hair from its own, so to speak, pore in the skin. And then that's, again, precision. And that's the first thing. So the svar, which means the, the count, so to speak, in the world, is the precision Hashem, Hashem applies to everything that it's exactly how it's meant to be. But if, but if a person had one more hair on his head, then the whole world would be no, destroyed? No, not one more hair. But you see the precision that Hashem provides each hair with its own hair follicle. Yeah. Well, I thought we were saying the amount also, the amount of hair is also. There could be a reason for that also. What would happen if it would be wrong? We don't know. Like, why does it say? Uh-huh. The worst is about rain. It would be dangerous if the rain would hit each other. The worst is about thunderclaps. But if two different thunders uh, uh, were simultaneously <coughs> crash into each other, then it would cause destruction. be destructive. It never happens. As, if there, as many thunderclaps as there are, I thought it was rough plans that uh, the sound waves from each one will dissipate before the next one comes. So you're not going to have uh, sonic boom in both directions simultaneously. Okay. And it says, based on that, you see that even the sciences in the world, which work with the, which are exact, which is the Chachma of music, are called the Mini. Everything is calculated, but it's Lema Seif Isfar. So the first thing is Isfar, which means to count exactly the dimension of exactly what it's going to be. Yeah? An example is so there is an engineer who builds a building. We can have a great idea to have to build buildings. We just start planting rocks on each other or cementing walls without any more cashman than that. The building is not going to last. It's that for the calculation of how strong it has to be and how to, have to, plan, how to have to plan the pillars or what materials they have to use is what's going to make us successful, which again, that's as far, that's the counting, which means the calculation. So one way you said, you want to see a chachma, we spoke about that you can see chachma in the world. You can see the chachma of the planning and the chachma of the, the exactitude of how the world runs. That wasn't his question. It wasn't wasn't the king's question. How do you see? The king is Let's go back to science in in the Torah. Not science. But you want to know the chachmas of Tzivis. You want to see the chachmas of Tzivis. The chachma of nature. And that's the chachma shani. And you see the chachma of nature. What's the chachma of nature? The first thing he showed him was the exactitude of nature. In other words, and that's the first thing better. Because there's some things in nature which seem to be very random, very unexact. And there's some things in nature which we see have to work completely perfectly. For example, what are called nature? So, that's the examples you gave before, or the other examples also. And that is, is there, is there a significance to the amount of blades of grass which grow, or how much each, each of the animals eats, how many, how many leaves or how many plants they eat, or how many deers there are, or how many ants there are, or whatever it's going to be. There's some things which don't, we don't seem to see a very clear that you know, exact uh, of uh, numbers which would be in which which the world work with. In some cases, you see that everything is very exact. <laughs> down to like split second time, we said before. And uh, what do you say? That is that we can look to see in the form of nature that there must be a bird because things on their own, let's say, 
wouldn't necessarily be that exact. So be what, even what, what the scientific world calls is a certain uh, uh, equilibrium things find. But to this way it goes, but the other way eventually finds the equilibrium. For example, <coughs> in, a, in a regular, let's say, jungle environment. So what keeps in balance the amount of grass, the amount of uh, deer, and the amount of lions? And basically there's a principle which nature finds an equilibrium. Because if there are going to be too many deer, then they're going to eat all the grass. So there'll be no food for them. And if there's too many lions, they'll eat all the deer. So they're going to kill the lions to eat. So you need a balance that enough deer that aren't going to just eat enough grass to feed the deer, so there won't be too many deer. Enough deer to feed the lions. Well, you can't have too many lions because there won't be enough deer. And you can't have too few lions because then there'll be too many deer and there won't be grass. And the deer will just die from starvation. So you know, the idea is, it's not exact like one more is going to make a difference, but there's an equilibrium. And uh, what's the equilibrium going to be? If there are too many lions, eat too many deer, so then the lions are going to go hungry. And now the lions are going to die from hunger because there's no food for them. And not lions die from hunger, so now they're less predators, so now the deer can increase. There are too many deer, so now they're going to die from a food supply. So it has to, it has to work with, so to speak, balance, basically, the equilibrium. It has to balance itself. Then we don't see exactly the You see the system, Kilo has defined itself as the, the, the happy medium where it works with. Masha Enke, what he said is we can see how Kodesh Prophet creates things, not in the reigning system, but in the creation system, how things are completely exact. And what's coming from Hashem, like the rain and things like that, completely exact. It's uh, every raindrop has its thing, or later. Again, that's something which we talk about as one of the keys in the hands of Hashem, birth, even of animals. And therefore we see that Hashem sends a snake just in the right time to bite the deer. Let's be at Hashem. The things that should be at Hashem, 100% exact. There's no... Is, is that tachlis or just allegorical? The yeah. snake biting the deer. Um, I don't know which deer we're talking about, but it seems not just from this score, from other commodities too, that it really is like that. And one particular type of deer. One particular type of deer. Is there also a bird in the story? There's that's another example. That uh, he talks about making eggs on cliffs or something. Right, the raven, which is cruel, and therefore when the, when the basically when the baby raven is born, it's white, and the parent raven is black, and therefore what happens is that the parent raven thinks this isn't my chick, so it kicks it out the nest. Now a newly born chick isn't going to survive and fall out the nest. So she makes a different bird fly past, so to speak, to catch the the baby raven as it gets. As it uh, as it falls again, precision. Otherwise, uh, you would miss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if there was one more deer taco, then the whole equilibrium would be no, thrown off. No, 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 no. In, in things how the world runs, so it finds its own equilibrium. But more, but less, it, it works itself out. That's not with a cheshbon We don't find we don't find in the ribui of the things of the natural world necessarily. Again, maybe in Kapara it is like that. But we don't see that. We don't see exactly why the extra makes a difference. Oh, we don't. We wouldn't see that. Sometimes we see. That's what he said. As far as we see the precision, that's when it comes to things we see beyond Hashem. But how the world, Peter Hashem, lets the world run. We don't see that precision. You're saying we have precision and manic, two different types of precision. That's what you're saying. Manic, where we see that not going to be Hashem clearly. That's we said the equilibrium. No, manic be Hashem clearly, like birth or like rain. Or, mm-hmm. So then we see the manic clearly, and then we see the precision clearly. Mashiach came with, with a manic which we know is dead, we don't see it clearly, we don't see the precision either. What do we mean by manic which isn't clear? Like I said, the amount of deer to the amount of land. The amount of ants. Do you ever see a trail of ants? Because there's exactly that amount of ants, like one more, one less, what's going to... Now again, we have Hashem, we don't, we don't look at the spiritual side of things. Physically, we don't see them make such a difference. I still don't know ants. It's going to make any difference now, there's one ant less. 
we don't, we don't in, in things like that, which is basically the unhogger of how the world runs, so we don't always see the exact the exactness in it. But there is an exactness. Yes, yeah. doesn't do nothing. We just don't see that. So we wouldn't see that, but... But, but in the areas where we see the mafteach of the Hashem, the keys in Hashem's hand, which means he's, he's running it personally, then you always see that exactness. Even by people, when it comes to childbirth, there's always a certain element which you see how things work out, the way it's meant to be exactly. Not to be are the same, not to stories are the same. The mafteach of Hashem is exact. Whereas when it comes to the way that the world runs, which isn't what that, so to speak, clear hashvacha, so then we don't understand so much the, 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 the spar, which means the, the exact numbers and the exact uh, planning of, of why it has to be exactly what it was. We understand Hashem has a plan, but we're, we're looking to see the chachma in the natural world. So that's the chachma we see, but that's the chachma we see by those, those examples where we see the nagyamah. Is that what we call Ashkacha, Klolis versus Ashkacha? So, the next thing that says is the Sipra. What's the Sipra? Hashem creates the world with the Sipra. Sipra literally means um, a story. But, uh, and the others explain it like that, Yerushalim, but the Kazari doesn't. I really like it differently. It says, Verat's the Sipra. What do you mean when you say Hashem creates the world with a story? What it means is Hadibur Vakom. Means what? Hadibur Vakom. It basically means speech. Not a story, but speech. Just like you can talk to somebody, you can hear your voice. Hashem creates the world, that the world can hear Hashem, Hashem speak. And with that, we're talking about the Dibur, which there is, that the person can hear, was people who could hear the book, and therefore they were able to hear Hashem's voice, so to speak. And if Hashem's speech, Either can be heard by people, or Hashem's speech is, is is what creates things. And if Hashem had to say, like like when we saw Kabbal say, that B'dvar Hashem Shemayim Nas, Hashem spoke, and that's what brought things into existence. He said it, and it happened. And therefore, the, the the second element in the creation was how creation happened. And then the creation that happened is Hashem speaking. So we go into the forward into the three things Hashem built the world. The first one was the calculation. The second one was the speech. Hashem speak. Speech is what created things. And the last point, the Sefer. And the Sefer means a book. So what's the book? That means what Hashem wrote. And what does Hashem write? So this is again, what Hashem writes is what he, is his Yitzirah, what he fashions in the world. And what does that mean? So he said three things. Number one, the mikhtav of Elohim. The mikhtav is what Hashem writes with, is what he creates, what he fashions. And uh, let's talk about that one first. And that is a Chazal Ritalas. That Hashem creates the world with Dibur. But the, uh, it says, Vayyam Elohim, Vayyam Elohim. And each time it says, Vayyam Elohim, something creates created. But it also says, Vayyas Elohim. So there's an element of creation with Dibur, there's an element of creation with, so to speak, action. And that's the third point. The cipher is, just like a person would write a book, which means he's using an action to bring his words into something tangible. So the Dvar Hashem, which now became something tangible, it needed uh, to be written. And therefore, the the the, 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 the stage of Ayasilakim, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu fashions things in this world, is bringing the Dvar Hashem, which is his Dibur, into something which is now has physical shape. Just like in speaking. Words aren't necessarily visible, aren't necessarily uh, something tangible. You can hear them, but that's all. And if a person writes what you say, 
they take it as words and making something which is, has a physical portion, has a physical existence. So Hashem's creating the world by Asiya is the stage of, so to speak, the writing of the Dibu. So Hashem wants it to be on a Dibu level, the Asiya brings it down to the physical level which we which, which we can relate to. So all physical creation was was Vayas and all non-physical was Vayoner? Um, so it's like the they were both the Vayomer and the Vayas. Except the question is in what dimension she was making the actual Asiya happen. Because even the, on a more spiritual level there's also an Asiya of that level. Hashem splashes the Malach into but on a different level. So there also there was first the Dibur, which was from a higher place, it's Hashem's world, so to speak, and then the Vayas is to make it give it its, its, its shape or its form or where it's going to be in in whatever dimension it's going to be. So why is the Pasuk Talk about someone, some the other one. Yeah. Right, you're supposed to be talking where it says each one, it's true. Uh-huh. The Dayakha, the rule is that something which is, let's say, a spiritual Kayakha, it talks about the Dibur, and something like here, that doesn't say Vayas in the Even though there was also an Asiya. Yeah, because the Sea was, and then it says, Vayas in the Sun and the Moon, which are physical things, and there's an Asiya there. So it's just a Kayakh, normally, that only says Hashem spoke. Whereas, when Shaman was, was Hashem made a cleave for that Kayakh, so then that's Vayas. So then we have Okay, anyway, we have to still think next time what he says, more about this, but the, the first point we've seen so far is the, the Purish Arila Levi on the Sefi Yitzir. Where he explains far means calculation, sipur is sipur, and sefer means asir. And those are the three, the three things you see Hashem creates the most.